Hey everybody, welcome back to Studio HFL. I'm Larry Powell, your host for this podcast. I'm glad you're back for another interview. I'd like to let you know that this podcast is made possible by the generous support of my new co-sponsor, Messina Covers. David and Erica design and deliver both high-quality customer service and products, both standard and custom. Be sure to check them out at www.messinacovers.net. And Messina is spelled M-E-S-S-I-N-A-C-O-V-E-R-S. They offer their support through Patreon. Patreon is a funding platform where you can offer your financial support to this podcast, and your help will go towards hosting, production, and marketing fees. There are several tiers of support offered, and you can check out how you'd like to support this podcast at www.patreon.com slash studiohfl, and Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can also offer support by providing comments and a rating on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. If you'd like to receive news regarding interviews, new guests, access to Studio HFL merchandise, please subscribe to the newsletter by going to www.powellmusic.net and click on the subscribe to newsletter link. And of course, Powell Music, P-O-W-E-L-L-M-U-S-I-C dot net. And now, on with the interview. Sarah Stoneback, welcome. Thank you. Um, we're here at the ITG conference in Miami, and you were here to do a session this morning, right? Yeah. Let's start there. Tell us a little bit about what you to, what brought you to ITG. Sure. Yeah. So I was invited to do a 715 warm-up session, and uh, I was so excited uh, because I, I, I was, well, and I was really happy to see there are a lot of people actually that really showed up. <laughs> And I was like, that's an early session. Right. But there are a lot of dedicated people and yeah. really willing spirits, you know. They wanted to be there, and I, I couldn't have been more thrilled. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. Yeah. And as a presenter, too, right, if the room's kind of empty, you're like, oh, yeah. there's crippling self-doubt creeps in yeah. again, right? <laughs> like, why did they come? But then yeah. you've got all that great support this morning. Yeah. So was there a particular warm-up that you that you taught or yeah, so reinforced? Yeah, I did, I, I did a format today that incorporated two elements, um, specific elements. And one of them, I wanted something more than um, a warm-up. I wanted something that also engaged the learner itself, mm-hmm. themselves. Uh, so something that would get people thinking about their teaching pro- approach mm-hmm. or their learning and what's it happening um, while they're doing what they do. Not just going through the motions. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and my area of expertise in the pedagogical world mm-hmm. uh, is applying and adapting a cognitive learning theory to teaching trumpet or music at all levels. Is there an acronym, please, for that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, so it sounds it sounds more intimidating than it really is. So it's basically cognitive, you know, what's happening inside our brains mm-hmm. while we're learning. And the learning paradigm that I work with is the Kolb Learning Style Inventory. Spell that for me. Kolb, K-O-L-B. Thank you. Inventory Style. And... Um, it's not originally for music, actually. Mm. I have a mentor when I was at the University of Colorado doing my dissertation. Mm-hmm. I did both my master's and doctorate there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my one of my mentors, Dr. Laura Border, uh, took that learning paradigm, that paradigm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and said, "I'm going to adapt it for student teacher or teacher instruction 
and student learning. And I said, well, as a lead graduate um, for about three, four years there, um, I worked exclusively with that uh, paradigm. Wow. And so I said, well, I'm really curious about this. I have a real, um, a lot of experience working with this theory. Mm -hmm. What happens if I would apply it to music teaching? So I adapted that for music teacher instruction. Not just trumpet. Nope. And music student learning. Mm -hmm. So it's evolved into a really dynamic tool for me. And the suggest the research findings um, are have revolutionized the way I view mm -hmm. teaching music. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about uh, well, it. Well, that's kind of obvious. And like I tell a lot of people, because it's an audio podcast, it's hard mm -hmm. sometimes to, to see the energy <laughs> of the enthusiasm, the joy that yeah. somebody has when they're talking about trumpet or pedagogy or their cat yeah. <laughs> or, or, or whatever yeah. uh, it might be. Um, uh, is it, uh, well, you know, cognitive development, uh, they say maybe by age 11. I know there's arguments that it might be earlier or later. Uh, is this something more designed for younger players or musicians or it's for everybody. Wider. It's it's everybody, and uh, it, it doesn't matter what stage. It it all it does is um, what I did this morning. I really broke it down. I did not get technical. I um, I did a little bit of technical, mm -hmm. um, but I just focused on four modes of learning. It's the the feeling, the reflecting, the thinking, and the doing. Mm -hmm. So those four areas and how they apply to teaching music. Mm -hmm. So you want, for feeling, you want that tangible experience, the, the touch, the feel. The tactile. Yeah, yeah, the tactile and the aesthetic and the mm -hmm. progression through life. Mm -hmm. So you find ways to teach to that mode of learning. Mm -hmm. And you, the same with the other modes as well. You want the intellectual aspect of it too, like what's the historical context of the music, mm -hmm. the theoretical uh, components, uh, the the real thinking aspect, the intellectual mm -hmm. mode. Mm -hmm. and then you also have that uh, reflecting mode where um, a good teaching example is the modeling scenario. So a teacher plays something, mm -hmm. student plays teacher, student, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that's also the um, the silent listener. So you're you're thinking, you're observing and reflecting and seeing mm -hmm. and watching. And then you have the um, one of my personal favorite modes <laughs> is the doing <laughs> yeah and it's the experimenting and it's uh playing devil's advocate and asking questions and uh making mistakes and that's kind of you know like uh against what we want to do as musicians right. or teachers right um but you know a little can go a long way and it is important to have that freedom to make mistakes as well mm -hmm. And obviously, we're wanting to make mistakes, you know, but not as publicly. But mistakes are learning experiences as well, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Because sometimes you have to know what it feels like, what wrong yeah. feels and sounds like yep. to really appreciate what right and correct yeah, so you can feels fix like, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of our, I think some of the greatest learning moments happen in the struggle. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, okay, how am I going to adapt, innovate, and overcome? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, so let's think about that for a second. Did you adapt, overcome? Did you have a struggle somewhere along the way in your own uh, development as a trumpet player? Yeah, that's a really great question. Oh, thank yeah. you. I get at least yeah. one of those a day. <laughs> well, you know, I think we all, to some extent, uh, navigate challenges 
whether it be um, a, a kind of a simple answer of, oh my goodness, it was a really, really tough day to play today. Oh, you know, I couldn't find my airstream. I couldn't get the air going. Right. And that's a challenge. And you work through that. Mm -hmm. You work through the different rooms that you play in. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm playing in this huge auditorium and I have to fill it. They're not giving me a mic. Right. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's, okay. And then I, or I'm playing in a real dead room and all carpeted and I have to create my own resonance. Mm -hmm. So you have those challenges that are kind of the quick challenges where you, you figure it out. Right. And then you have some challenges that come to you throughout your career that um, are going to help develop some skills in you that I believe can help you become a better teacher. Absolutely. And really walk along with your students. Mm -hmm. And so one of those um, things that happened to me about, I think it was like three years ago, um, I had real severe pain in my jaw and like back of the ear, oh, no. specifically on the right side. And um, I was touring all summer. I, I was maybe home in Bozeman a week, mm -hmm. if that. Mm -hmm. But I was, I was going South Dakota, Colorado, and a lot of time in um, uh, Germany and touring and doing some real demanding literature. Mm -hmm. And some days I would just be like, wow, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And so I would go to different doctors. I even went to an ENT in, in Germany. Mm -hmm. And um, because I had a cold in the spring, and it just, I, it just kind of, um, I, I thought, well, it's just the continued cold, you know, that's wreaking havoc. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, through a, a long process, it felt longer than it probably really was, <laughs> um, I found out that I had um, bits of um, TMJ. I wondered if that's yeah. where you were going to head. Yeah, and so um, I've, uh, you know, been to physical therapy and acupuncture and understood ways to keep it at bay mm -hmm. and, you know, different exercises. Well, lo and behold, um, this last summer when I was uh, touring and uh, a random person asked if, oh, can I get a lesson? I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And they expressed the same type of issues. And this, this student was a young, young high schooler. And I'm like, oh, no, you know, let's nip this in the bud. Right. And so, but my experience with what I went through, you know, helped me say, hey, you might want to check this out. Yep. Maybe you need to, maybe you do some physical therapy, mm -hmm. you know, or our, our bodies are not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a fallacy to think that everything is going to be perfect for us, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. our, some of our greatest challenges can become our greatest blessings, not just to ourselves, but to others. You're too so. young to know all this at this <laughs> point, but it's brilliant, and it's stuff that has it, actually taken me a while to get to this mm -hmm. as well, but I, I think, you know, the more I've experienced in my own uh, trumpet playing, mm -hmm. and it, it makes me a better teacher. Yeah. You become relatable, truly relatable, yeah. and not, and, and I want to I want to go back to uh, the way you described the, the teaching method is, you know, we've all had those etude checkers as yeah. teachers, right? Oh, yeah. Who yeah. basically do this one next week? Okay, and come in and check it off next. Yeah. And he, that doesn't do anybody any good, no. right? And so I, I, I'm thrilled. I'm nerding out on listening <laughs> to you because it's like, yeah, there's validation, you know, for the way I feel like I teach these mm -hmm. days, and am excited because you know, hopefully, whoever listens to this is like, oh, maybe I should try that, or it becomes mm -hmm. validation for that the way they're already yeah. teaching. But it's it's so beyond mm -hmm. just 
checking off yeah. uh, pieces and trying to progress that way. Um, and, you know, so then back to the TMJ, it's not like Trumpet doesn't exacerbate right? those issues. It's a physical thing. Right. Yeah, so, and it's, it's intricate. Did you have to back off from the Trumpet for a little bit to have um, that heal? I, I mean, there were moments, um, you know, I, I didn't take um, an extended time. I navigated it um, because I'm also, I mean, there are a lot of responsibilities and a lot of commitments. <laughs> and um, I was able to maintain with an excellent physical therapist and acupuncture, um, uh, dry needling. It sounds like a whole lot, a lot of work, but if you do little things at mm -hmm. a time, um, it really does uh, manage right. manage what you go through. Um, sometimes there are some flare-ups, and um, I understand a little better, you know, how to um, come up alongside myself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and 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 keep it at bay. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's it's something that you just you navigate, and um, but I. I was able to help some people through it. That's awesome. Have no doubt, you know, other opportunities would come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the whole perspective of you're saying, you know, check that box off, you know, the etude. Um, I, I mean, there's a place for that, right? Oh, of course. And, but at the same time, um, what I have experienced and what I did for the warm up session this morning, I, I said, hey, there's a way to do these uh, elements that are needed. But you can be flexible and innovative in how you approach them mm. and how you navigate. Mm -hmm. And like, um, for example, um, in the active experimentation mode, that experimental and the, the doing learning mode, uh, that's where you can switch things up in your music. Mm -hmm. And I, I use that in my warm-up approach too. Too many times we get our body used to an exercise every time we put an instrument up. Sure. So I know I'm going to put my B flat up and go, oh, I do these exercises. Mm -hmm. It's easy to get easy to get into a rut. And I reached a point where I was <laughs> like, I don't want to be in that rut anymore. And I want to have some freedom. And I want to feel like if I warm up, it's what I'm feeling that I need for to accomplish what I need to mm -hmm. that day. Not I'm going to get these exercises in by George. Right. And even if I you know, if I'm not feeling it, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. So there's there's freedom. And I, I revolutionized the way I do both the pedagogy approach, of, you know, the teaching aspect of my life, and the performing aspect. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the performing aspect. Sure. Um, give me an idea of, uh, as a soloist or chamber musician or orchestra, or talk about any or all of those, those things. Sure. So currently, I am... Uh, teaching at Montana State University School of Music in Bozeman, Montana. Mm -hmm. And uh, there I uh, also play in a trio mm -hmm. with my uh, brass colleagues, Mike Nelson and Jeannie Little. So we get to tour as a brass trio. Nice. So that's a really, that's a... With more than just the Poulenc, I hope. It's definitely more than the Poulenc. <laughs> Right? That's one of our goals. It seems like the only repertoire out <laughs> there for such a I long know. time. I know. There's a lot. Even Bronowski. There's a lot yeah. of new rep being. Yeah. yeah. You have to you have to explore. But in, or, or create or your arrange. own. Or arrange. Yeah. Yep. And Mike Nelson, um, our horn player, um, has arranged like Jurassic Park and some things awesome. that are, you know, really fun. Um, but so um, I do that. Um, 
and then I also collaborate with uh, fellow faculty members in different recitals and collaborations. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also a principal trumpet of the Bozeman Symphony, heading into the fourth year with that. Terrific. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then um, soloing, I do, um, you know, a lot in the summer. Mm -hmm. But I also love doing the soloing with, like, high schools and, and different universities, um, residencies. Mm -hmm. uh, this last um, spring, I did um, a week-long residency in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it's just, it gets a whole bunch of worlds working together. Sure. But at my performance background, um, I'm a triplet, and we all play trumpet. Identical? Identical. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And we call ourselves Stonebeck Sisters. Yeah. And then um, our dad also plays trumpet. <laughs> he actually started us on trumpet. And um, our mom plays horn. So my whole <laughs> life was um, performing together. My first soloing gig as a, per a trio was in sixth grade. Oh, and wow. we played Bugler's Holiday and Trumpeter's Lullaby. How fun. Yeah. And so, like, through the years, um, I've over thousands of performances with my family mm -hmm. all over the U.S. and Europe. Mm -hmm. And uh, my sisters and I also, we went to Interlochen mm -hmm. uh, our senior year and graduated there. Uh, and then ASU with Dave Hickman. Nice. And then from at, at ASU is where we... Uh, worked exclusively out of the Mendez Library. Wow. So, and in one of the tribute concerts with Doc Severinsen, uh, the Mendez family was there, uh, and he has, I don't know if you know this, but uh, twin uh, brothers, or yes, twin who sons. Became, who became uh, yeah. um, doctors. I'm yeah, trying to remember neuro, what. Neuro doctors? Yes, yeah. right, right. Yeah, in California. Yeah. Yeah, so um, they were at the performance, and they granted us performance rights. Oh my gosh. And so that literature we can bring with different orchestras. Mm -hmm. um, I've sold with the St. Louis Symphony uh, for two seasons uh, and like the different uh, cathedral, St. Louis Cathedral um, Christmas concerts mm -hmm. uh, with the St. Louis uh, Symphony and just Sousa Band. I mean, just a lot Everything. of... Everything. Yeah. So all of those... A wide variety. You get... You feed all of those uh, desires to play different styles and, mm -hmm. and situations. When you solo, though, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of repertoire? Are you trying some new works, or are you doing some standard or both? So we've done a bit of both. Um, so Alan Bazzuti wrote us um, a trio called Salutation, mm -hmm. uh, one of our favorite pieces to play. Mm -hmm. It's just like um, one of uh, take any of Bazzuti's solos and times it by three. Oh, my. <laughs> hopefully not in difficulty. It's fun. Oh yeah. yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So and so we have anything from like that genre of that contemporary, right. and to classics. You know, mm -hmm. you have the Herbert O. Clark. Right. You have the Alberto Davis. Um, you have um, like we even do Flight of the Bumblebees, um, a version of Soliloquy for Trumpet mm -hmm. from by Morrissey. So and um, Mendez, the Raphael Mendez sure. trios too. So, oh, I bet that's a hoot to be able is. to do that. Yeah. A hoot. Boy, that makes me sound really old. Right I here. get it. I speak <laughs> that language. <laughs> yeah, but I also love brass quintet. Yeah. Um, I was in, in my graduate studies, I was a part of a group called Flatirons Brass. And uh, during that time, we were able to uh, compete in fish off mm -hmm. three times. And we placed... Uh, placed one of them. That's awesome. We got the bronze right. and um, advanced another time and uh, performed the other time. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that experience informs my experience at MSU. And uh, the year I got there, I coached one quintet mm -hmm. and uh, have developed it to where we're looking at potentially four this next coming semester. Wow. So, wow. and they've competed at national competitions mm -hmm. here in Florida, actually, um, a spring ago. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of excitement. Um, are you affiliated with uh, any uh, Yamaha, oh, Bach, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Bach? Yeah, my yeah. myself and my family have been mm -hmm. Bach artists since I believe it's 1997. How about that? Yeah. 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 So okay, the shameless uh, equipment question. Mm -hmm. uh, give me a little idea of of what you play, mouthpiece wise and, and oh, nice. wise. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I do uh, Bach standard 37, mm -hmm. uh, and then a C uh, standard um, mm -hmm. C trumpet. Um, I just got that about I it was three years ago now, mm -hmm. um, and then a Selmer Paris Maurice Andre Piccolo. Oh, the old yeah, the short that really four compact short one. Yeah, model. it's a great horn, isn't it though? Yeah, yeah. and the mouthpiece is a standard 3C for most everything, mm -hmm. um, and I have uh, di I've um, uh, dove in, uh, I believe that's... Dive. Dived in. Oh, my goodness, that's a word. <laughs> we'll create I have all a kinds hard of, time. We that's okay. Yeah, that word. Yeah. Oh, my no. wife calls me vocabulary, right? Because <laughs> oh. I do the same thing. I come up with... That's perfect. Yeah, right? <laughs> See, I call it triptal, tripletum language. Well, okay, there you go, <laughs> you right have, there. I like it, vocabulary. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> but I have explored um, and purchased uh, picket knock pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I really do like those. Yeah, there's, and you know what? Yeah, I mean, that's all great stuff. But now there's so much great stuff. It's like yeah, I know. It there's used so to be pretty choices. easy yeah. to go pick something out, but nowadays, no, no. Not yeah, so it's much. tough. Yeah, but I, I figure it's. Um, I used to not be too much into you know gear mm -hmm. or talk that, um, but now I'm like I actually love talking about it mm -hmm. because it makes a difference in what we do mm -hmm. and I love sharing that with my students too mm -hmm. because um, I want them to be open yeah. and not as like um, closed as I was once. <laughs> so oh, like, how about your students? Uh, how big is the studio out in Montana? Yeah. So we have on average um, up to 15 trumpets majors or non-majors. This last um, we're looking at more than half music majors. Wow. Yeah. So, and, and that's grown um, over the four years. It's just um, undergraduate or you have it a graduate? It's just undergrad. Yeah. Um, but we're currently also implementing a music, uh, a master's in music education. Mm -hmm. And then um, exploring, and it looks um, within the next few years, um, to have a, a graduate studies in uh, music therapy. That is huge. I we know. just at University of, of Indianapolis, we just added a music therapy. Oh, are uh, you are focus. you liking it? Well, I'm not involved with it directly, uh -huh. but I mean, there are students flocking to it. Yeah. And obviously there's a great demand for yes. music therapists out there. So yeah. it's a great way to fill that market. Yeah. You know, and it and I think in a lot of ways there's a music degree that you can get mm -hmm. where you can actually get a job you right really out of school. Use it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well and I think there's I mean such a an awesome emphasis of uh, mindfulness, right? I want to be respectful of time. Oh, I'm yeah. just checking, just checking. Okay, we're yeah. good. Yeah, mindfulness and being... Um, uh, <laughs> Which using... is really funny as I got distracted by <laughs> something else. <laughs> That's an oxymoron. I was supposed to like, stay oh. focused on... <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> no, but I, there's a, a big emphasis on 
mental health, on how music mm. can uh, enhance people's lives and make mm. it better. You know, and you see that with um, the amazing, you know, last night at the tribute for Brian yeah. Anthony. I, I, tears. Absolutely. It, it was so moving. Yeah. And that's, you know, music has that power. And just to see how that has transcended something that is a, a challenge. It's become uh, everybody's blessing. And, you know, we're not witnessing it from the outside. This is, this is like, we are already part of a family. Yeah. That kind of likes each other yeah. pretty well, supports yeah. each other pretty well. Yeah. But uh, what Cancer Blows has done is I've, I've never seen such a rallying uh, from the troops, you know, and, and then other people, but it also allows other people who are cancer survivors mm-hmm. or, or enduring cancer, you know, it, yeah. there's that hope, which yeah. is not an empty word, yeah. right? Um, and Ryan is just... Uh, I was talking to Jens about this. Jens was on the phone with him right after yeah. all of this. Yep. And Jens said uh, Ryan was just in tears, you mm. know, so moved by that. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, his daughter. Oh, wasn't she delivering oh my goodness. that? And I'm thinking, who at that oh. age Amazing. do so that? Amazing. So much composure and so so much grace. And I, yeah. I was sitting there probably like everybody else, just oh. trying to hold back. <laughs> nope. It, it so. was, yeah. And Ryan, um, Anthony, two years ago soloed um, and came and did an amazing Christmas program with Bozeman Symphony. Oh, yeah. And um, and the, he and uh, Matthew Savory were just dynamite together, the conductor um, and uh, Ryan. And, you know, um, he was so selfless. <laughs> he worked on a performance day. He said, no, I, I will work with your students. <laughs> and we had a master class the morning of that perform- one mm-hmm. the opening night and worked with at least six of my students and had so much passion and i just i you know i was i'm forever grateful for sure. that and learned just a, so much mm-hmm. <laughs> very well, humbled by it well yeah and yeah. inspired not only uh, as a trumpeter yeah. but just as a human human yeah person you know, great yeah contribution to humanity yeah um so, oh my gosh, I, I know we're up against time here, and it's so this is going to be great. I'm going to have to find a way to come out to the Northwest, yes, and continue do. the conversation. But um, I did want to ask you something else, uh, and it's escaping me right now. But uh, um, well, we're going to we'll wrap it up there. Make okay, kind of nice and tidy. Yeah, um, I've I've really enjoyed this. I've enjoyed it too. And, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for sharing everything. Yeah. And um, some people ramble. Right on these on these interviews, yeah. which is great. Uh, Malcolm McNabb went two and a half hours yesterday, yeah. and I wow. finally I finally had to say, uh, Malcolm, I hate to say this, <laughs> but and I don't mind putting this on here, but um, I I wish I had another two hours to spend chatting with you. But well, you are um, always welcome to Bozeman, Montana. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. It's beautiful. The winters are are still beautiful. It's just a little a little more challenging to diverse sure. through sometimes. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> But, so, yeah. <laughs> well, I wish you absolutely the best in, in your teaching and performing and all of that. And, uh, Thank you, Larry. Thanks for sharing your time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you again for listening to today's interview. I hope you enjoyed your time here, and please come back for more interviews. Be sure to share the news of this podcast with friends and colleagues and give me a rating on whatever platform you get your podcasts from. Thanks again to Messina Covers for co-sponsoring this podcast. 
Don't forget that you too can be a supporter. Check out how at www.patreon.com slash studio HFL. And one more reminder that you can sign up to receive news via email regarding new episodes, merchandise, and more by going to palmusic.net and clicking on the subscribe to newsletter link. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you come back for more great interviews.